Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Please be advised that Gen X This Is Why contains adult language. I feel like shooing your someone's horse without their permission feels like a violation. Welcome to Gen X This Is Why, the podcast where we re-examine the sometimes bizarre and often scarring media from our shared childhood. My name is Amy and I'm a proud Gen Xer born in 19... <laughs> and I'm her sister Jenny, born in 1974. Are you stumped on that questioning? <laughs> I just, I don't love that we reveal our age at the beginning of every podcast. Then make something up. I'm gonna go. All, I'm gonna go all Blanche from the Golden Girls, and people are gonna have to actually launch investigations to find out. <laughs> I mean, the whole thing is called Gen X, so like, what you could subtract maybe five years. Maybe born in 1980. Sure. Okay. Does that, is that helpful? <laughs> Gives me a few years. <laughs> okay, today we're gonna look at Little House on the Prairie season through. through Today, we're continuing our look at Little House on the Prairie with Season 3, Episode 3, The Race, which is a continuation in some way of Episode 2, Bunny. Jenny? The description reads, Laura's beloved horse Bunny has officially been returned to her. Side note, how she got this horse, we have no idea. And why she named it Bunny, we don't know. Right, we have no idea. She eagerly prepares to enter a local race. Jealous, Nellie throws a tantrum until Harriet agrees to buy her a thoroughbred without Nell's approval. Although Nellie and her horse are expected to win the race, Laura perseveres with her training. The stakes are higher than ever when Harriet donates a lavish prize for the winner. Thoughts, Jenny? I mean, the thing is, it's crazy. The episode's a little crazy. It's a different writer, I think. I didn't recognize the name of the writer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally different. Which you know, I don't know if they're the Writers Guild is sending us their best here. No. Yeah. I mean, the director is still William Claxton. (laughs) We know. Okay, we open with Laura riding Bunny, and I wrote, "Why did she name this horse Bunny? Like, why? Why? She's too old for this." She's too old to be pulling an Alicia and naming, like, a dog mine. We don't know if she got the horse with the name already, though. Because we know nothing about it. Right. Okay. Bunny loses a shoe, so she takes the horse into town to the blacksmith, whose name is Mr. Dorfler, and I'm going to call Dumbledore the entire time. 
Uh, okay. I just call him the gambling dude. Because whose name is Dorfler? Uh, uh, that guy? Sounds like I'm, like I have marbles in my mouth. Like, I'm just going to call him Dum- Dumbledore. Okay. okay. Laura tells Dun- Dumbledore that she plans on running Bunny in the Hero Township horse race, which is three weeks away. And he says Bunny will need to be completely reshod. New word alert, new word alert. I never so heard I, it. I, have, I have so many questions here. Okay. So Bunny's shoes are wrecked. It's like her heel fell off. Like she's all wrecked. The shoes all like it's got nails sticking out of it. I have a question though. And maybe, maybe some people who know animals better can help. <laughs> Why the hell do horses need shoes? Like, is this like a failure of evolution? Like that humans did with our feet? Like we need shoes now because our feet have evolved in shoes and like they're soft compared to what they used to be. Like, why does it, like, a cats don't need shoes, chickens don't need shoes, foxes don't need shoes. That's a good question. Bears don't need shoes. Why the fuck does a horse need shoes? I want to see, add to our list of feats, I want to see Jenny put shoes on a bear. <laughs> Bears don't need shoes. That's my point. Like, none of these, like, you know, do you see, like, a fox walking around shoes on? I don't, I don't know why they put them on. I don't know. I mean, they are extremely overworked. Can we all agree that horses are overworked? But it sounds, but like, do, is it because of the extra weight we make them carry? Maybe. Like, that would be a weird Maybe. thing. That's something they haven't necessarily evolved. So, how do we make that better by driving nails into their hooves to hold these shoes on? Feels painful. Yeah, I wonder what the horse would say. I wonder what Bunny would say if she had a voice. So, now they need these tap shoes because yeah. they're tap shoes. So, so this dude says he'll charge Laura a dollar seventy-five for the whole job, and Laura says she needs that much time. She needs time to make up that much money, so she'll be back. And he says, "Fine, but don't ride her until we do this." Right, because okay. she could glitter. It's not a paw, a hoof, right? Yes, yeah. <laughs> she could, she could split the hoof. Jenny, the next part is so bad. I want to cry. This is the drama barn part? This is the drama barn. I want to cry that this happened. Back at the Ingalls, guys, Charles is fixing Mary's boots. Are we seeing the parallel here? Well, he has. Oh, I know. It's so bad. It's so bad. And then I wrote, why can't Pa reshod the horse? Well, my whole question is, why can't Pa cobble some shoes? Like, I feel like that's something he'd be able to do. I think so, too. Caroline and Charles lament that the girls are going to need new shoes, and they're already bursting through them. And I wrote, what? No, please tell me we are not going with this heavy-handed metaphor. We are. (laughs) That's exactly where we're going. So Laura's horse needs shoes. Charles' children need shoes. You're seeing what I'm doing here. And they're going through, like, how to pay for these shoes. And I'm like, how expensive are the shoes? I know. They're pretty expensive. They're like, what, $7 for the three pair? Like, are they getting the Louboutins? Like, what is the deal? (laughs) Laura bursts into the drama barn and tells Pa she needs money for bunny shoes. And he said if he had money for shoes, he'd buy them for his daughters. Not a horse who can't pull their weight on the farm. But what he wanted to say was, oh, fucking A. Yeah, he did. He did. (laughs) Charles and Caroline then have a weird discussion about charging shoes at Olsen's. This is, again, like Charles doesn't want to put anything on credit. And Carolyn's like, should we just wait till they're crippled from, like, shoes that don't fit them? Carolyn's like, I feel like she needs to, like, break character and be like, Charles, it's the late 70s. Come on. We can charge (laughs) the shit. They decide at that moment, Jenny, 
to haul everyone into town and get chips. They're going shoe shopping. Yep. That was pretty exciting. Yep. Okay, then we're at the Olsons. I hate the Olsons. I want to burn down the mercantile with everyone in it except for Nels. They just, I just have no idea what their strategy is here. I like, just know. send away customers. Yep. That's a great idea. At the Olsons, Harriet is helping the girls try on shoes and makes a comment about how Nellie's shoes are of higher quality than theirs. She's, like, she's just so awful. I want to say that this constant need for validation is born out of insecurity, but I don't know. Yeah, yeah it is. I don't yeah, know. The girls find shoes they like, and Nels tells Harriet that the Ingles will be charging the shoes, and Harriet is not happy with this. She then tells Caroline she has two pairs of shoes, Jen, that Nellie out- has outgrown, and she was going to give them to the needy in Mankato. She's such an asshole. But she'll give them to the needy in Walnut Grove. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think I think it's definitely born out of insecurity, because the only thing that Harriet has that's better than the Ingles, the only thing, is money. That's it. Yeah. That's all yeah. she has. Yep. So she has to constantly remind herself of like, I have better things because she doesn't have a better life in any other way. Charles lets Caroline handle it. Did you notice that? He like totally stood back and let her handle this. Well, I don't understand because Harriet's like, oh, we paid for everything here because they, you know, must, they don't buy it on consignment. They must just buy it. Hasn't she ever heard of interest? Are they not charging interest? I don't on think so. Credit? I don't think oh, so. Oh, wait. Yeah. Oh. yeah. That's like the deal everyone yes. wants. Yep. Caroline stands up to Harriet and she's like, we'll be back when we can pay full price. God. And did you notice Charles is holding Carrie at the back of the store? And as they leave, he like manhandles yeah. Harriet yeah. and throws her aside. On the way home, Charles tells Caroline he'll find a way to make the money. And then I, I have a question, Jenny. Why doesn't Caroline make money? Why doesn't she sell pies? Like she's super talented. And we see a lot of the other women in Walnut Grove work. Yeah. Yeah. Why doesn't she open a bakery? Or like, so I feel like Caroline would be able to make shoes. Like how come these, these guys, like they build houses, they make clothes. I feel like making shoes is like the next. Noah Caroline can open the revenge blouse barn. (laughs) So, like, remember that episode where Cheat and Charles and she made the revenge blouse? She can start making revenge blouses for people. Is that, like, the dress barn? Is that, like, a dress barn? Yes, it would be the revenge blouse barn. barn. (laughs) (laughs) And then she can make pies. We saw that. Like, I just don't understand why it's never even a consideration that she can make money somehow. Is it because she has a kid Carrie's age? Like, it's because she's raising the kids? I mean, these kids practically take care of themselves. She can work like, second shift when Mary and Laura get home. make pies and, and sell them on consignment at Olson's? She could do that. I mean, we see her selling the eggs. Yeah. But clearly that's, that's not paying the bills. <laughs> okay. Laura heads off to see Dumbledore and she tells him she can't pay for the horseshoes and offers to work off the cost. And I wrote, once again, one of the Ingles has to ask Pa if they can work extra shifts and work themselves to exhaustion to get what they need. Uh, yeah, that mm-hmm. guy's so creepy, too. What's it, what do you call him? Dumbledore? Dumbledore. Mm-hmm. Is Dumbledore, a, that's Harry Potter? Yeah, it's the old dude in Harry Potter. And I don't know, he doesn't look like Dumbledore in any way. I never, I never read or watched Harry Potter. Oh, Jenny. 
You have to watch it at least. Nope. I never watched it. They're great. I have no desire. My kids are kind of in between. Like they were a little too young for Harry Potter. Do you know? They were way too young for Harry Potter. So like they missed it. But like a lot of my students were crazy about it. We were like, we were adults when that came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now we have, oh my God, Laura is working at the stables and Nellie and Willie come in singing, Laura smells like a dirty horse. Laura smells like a dirty horse. I She needs to go Cobra Kai on these fuckers. I totally forgot about that. But I mean, to be fair, they're not wrong probably because horses do smell. Yeah, I wrote, these trolls show up at your job and make fun of people. <laughs> I know. I know. She should have kicked their ass. Oh my God. Laura needs, to, I'm telling you, she needs to join Cobra Kai. And strike first, strike hard, no mercy. Did you see what that guy, the creepy guy with the Dumbledore guy said? He's like, I trust you, Ingles. You're, you're an Ingles. Ingles get the job done. Yeah. <laughs> like Ingles 2020 gets the job done. <laughs> Jenny, Laura makes the grave mistake of telling Nellie she's going to run Bunny in the horse race. She never learns. Just keep that to yourself. So I have a question. This is the Hero Township horse race. Yes. But it quickly becomes the Laura versus Nellie horse race, where there's well, only two they, people in it. They explain why, though. They do? Yeah, they do. Did we're, you not pay attention? Did you we're not, not there it? yet. Okay. Okay. Laura does throw some hay at Nellie, but I feel like it's it's not enough. But she, she freaked out and runs. She had a pitchfork in her hand. She could have stabbed her. She could have stabbed her. Okay. Not that I'm advocating violence, but... Mm. <laughs> Okay, later at the Olsons, Nellie starts whining, and I wrote, of course she's going to get a horse. Nels tells her she doesn't deserve a horse, and Nellie throws the biggest tantrum. It was so annoying. Timmy was like, what are you watching, and how do we make this stop? She's like hell child. Like, she's literally throwing a tantrum because she wants a horse. Like, how spoiled is this kid? And the director just made some bad choices here. Like, lower her volume a little bit. It was annoying. It was super annoying. She went on, guys. Hashtag Amy's copyright laws. I'm going to try to get footage of this. She went on for way too long. Yeah. There's two things I need to get footage of in this this episode. I'll tell you the second one. I'm sure you know it, though. Okay. So Harriet chases her and tries to bribe her with a new dress and a new doll. But the entire time, Nellie's like sobbing hysterically. And then finally she gives in and says, mommy will fix it. Mommy or mother? I don't mother, know. I think. Mother will fix it. Mother is going to make sure Laura doesn't win this race. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. How about, I have to say this. My husband, Timmy, doesn't really pay attention to these and acts like he doesn't like it. He's like a Walton's person. Well, and he acts like he's not paying attention when he clearly He is. clearly is because he goes to me. When when Harriet was putting the shoes on Laura and stuff and they were all talking, he goes, I thought she was mad at her. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Later in bed. This was weird. <laughs> this was unnerving and weird. And Nels is a hostage. Harriet tells Nels she wants to accompany him on his shopping trip tomorrow. And she's like coming on to him. Yeah, she's like, it'll be romantic, and Nels is so suspicious and feels manipulated. Well, she's like, we can find a secluded spot. It will be so romantic. (laughs) Nels doesn't trust a word of it. I mean, there's empirical evidence that he has banged her twice. 
Yeah. But, you know, does it still happen? We don't know. Okay. Do we really have to talk about this? They're talking about it. Okay. Whatever. Do you think she was insinuating something different? No. No. The next day, the Olsons are in Mankato? Yep. Okay. And Harriet buys a fucking horse. Yeah, she's on. She tells Nell she's on. Per, she has some personal business to take care of. <laughs> <laughs> the horse Jenny is named Sparks, and the horse is misgendered. I don't know what gender the horse is. So I'm just going to use that. Harry keeps misgendering the horse. Yeah. But did the rot when Harry <laughs> passed out the horse was like the funniest scene. That had to be the best scene to film. Like that had to be super funny. That is the scene that is going in the Mimi Bees. Um, <laughs> So Harriet gets on this horse. She insists on trying him out. And the horse takes off. And Harriet's like flying around, screaming. It's like my worst nightmare. It's fun. I mean, it's clear it's definitely a stunt person, but it's really funny. It's really, it's funny. She finally falls off the horse and says, I'll take her. (laughs) Nels comes over and snatches the check from Harriet's hands as she's about to give it to the dude. And Harriet snatches it back and says she's paying for it with her own money, Jen. Yeah, Harriet definitely has her own money because she buys all these doll houses and dolls, and like Nels would never approve of that. So she has some kind of, it was probably inherited, like some kind of money that is not from Olson's Mercantile. Jenny, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. If you had your own money, would you spend it on your children? No, hell no. 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 That money's for mommy. (laughs) Harriet arranges for the horse to be delivered on Saturday. And then the dude says, it's a he. And we don't know at this point. So I just wrote, they are being delivered on Saturday. (laughs) They are being delivered. Okay. Back at the stables, I wrote Mr. Doodledorf or whatever. Tells Laura he will shoe the horse now. And she could just work off the debt. But Laura says she's like her paw, Jen, and she likes to pay cash on the barrel for things. So Bunny's going to suffer for not yeah. because Bunny's not going to be ready for this race. She's not ready for the race, and it's all Laura's fault. It's Charles' you gotta fault. Train, you've got to run this dog, this dog. Oh, my God. Yeah. You've got to run this horse every day. Like yeah. You've got to get her, get her ready for this. Mr. Doodle Noodle says, yeah, okay, and walks over to two randos, and they have a long conversation about the horse race. About betting on it. Yeah, I have an index card. Oh boy! So I was excited because I love horse racing. So I was excited to okay. have an episode of when they when they started talking about betting on it. I'm like, this is where I'm going to work this in. Okay. So was betting on horses a thing at this time? So more or less, it was, but not not officially. So in 1750, the Jockey Club is established. Today, that's the club that still defines standards, regulations uh, for race courses, for breeding, for horses, etc. So that's in 1750. So this is like old. This That's before the friggin' revolution. Yep. In 1798, English racing legend Damone is sent to Virginia, considered a failure as a stud. So this, this like, because the English have a long history of horse racing. So this dude gets sent to Virginia. They're like, he's no good. He comes to Virginia 21 years old, which is old for a horse, and ends up siring so many children that he's considered the father of American thoroughbreds. Wow. He was busy. 
1823, there was the first North versus South race at Union Racecourse. It was four miles. That's a long race. That's a very long race. In the 1840s and 50s, the sport moves west into Illinois, Missouri, Texas, Louisiana, then California. In 1863, the first racetrack opens in Saratoga, New York, which is going to be like a center for racing. 1867, the Belmont Stakes, which is a 1.5-mile race. So these are the three legs of what what will become the Triple Crown. So Belmont Stakes, 1.5 miles. 1873, the Preakness Stakes opens. That's one one mile, one and three-sixteenths of a mile. So it's a little bit shorter. The Belmont's the longest one. It's the last one. And the Kentucky Derby in 1875 opens. So that's right around this time. Mm-hmm. But legal betting on horses doesn't start till 1900. So this is oh, all there was the nothing legal happening here. This is all on the down low. So 1900 is when legal betting begins. So that's after this. So this is all on the down low. And the triple crown doesn't start till 1932. So that's when that officially starts. You have all those races kind of independently before that. Okay. But the most important, the most important part of horse racing is Seabiscuit. Of course. <laughs> so 19, in 19, he's active from 1936 to 1940. In 1938 is that famous race where he beats the Triple Crown, the, the 1937 Triple Crown winner, War Admiral, by four lengths. That's nuts. It wasn't in, it wasn't in a derby. I love that movie. That is such a good movie. Love it. It's such a good movie. Um, I think there's another movie about Secretariat. I haven't seen that one, but I heard it's really good. I have a Seabiscuit reference later in my notes. Wow. So I I actually was at the last Triple Crown in Belmont Stakes in 2015 when American Pharaoh won. Mm-hmm. So that was the first Triple Crown won since 1978. Wow. So it was like super crazy. It's super wow. exciting. And you were only, and I bet, so you were 20 years old when the last Triple Crown was won. No, I was four. <laughs> I know math is where you struggle. <laughs> and I also was at the Belmont when um, she didn't win the Triple Crown, but a Philly won in 2007. That was rags to riches. Did you do karate? I did not, but the Belmont's close to me. So I've been up there a couple of times. If you haven't gone to a horse race, it's super fun. I feel bad for the horses. I can't do it. They are. They have a better life than I have. Well, they really don't. You saw Seabiscuit. All right. They have a good life while they're winning. Yes. You're right. You're right. You're right. Okay. So, Jenny, is it in this conversation with these two randos that they talk about why the race is just down to these two people? Yes. What do they say? So I don't know if it's here or or a conversation with Nels later. So what happened was there was like seven people who were going to compete in this. And then when they saw that Nelly bought a thoroughbred, which nobody's horse is a thoroughbred. Okay. They were like, because like, that's a real racehorse. And they're like, forget it. We're not talking. Because I guess. Missed that plot point. Yeah. So it's only down to Laura because Laura's bullish enough to compete against the thoroughbred. Okay, so Laura's at the stable with Bunny, and Nellie comes over to rub it in her face that Harriet has donated this beautiful silver cup for the horse race prize. And it's Harriet's mother's cup. Yeah, insane. I don't know what you do with that fucking cup, but whatever. She taunts Laura a little bit, and then her thoroughbred gets delivered right in front of Laura. And Nellie decides to stable the horse, and she asks Dumbledore, can you have your stable girl take care of her? And Laura's all like, you can't break me, bitch. You won't break me. Well, I think that she should take that horse and Nancy Kerrigan it. Oh, yeah. 100%. <laughs> I mean, I'm, not, I'm not advocating 
I guess. Yeah, it would be Tanya Harding. I'm not advocating animal abuse. (laughs) Right. Like, if you're going to compete, that's a good good point. Okay, wait. Let's just give the horse, like, some, some, like, laxatives then. Right. Like, we don't have to to hit the horse. But that's a good point. point. Like, if you're going to race against your mortal enemy, do you let them take care of your horse? Yeah, that seems super foolish. Super dumb. But, but we know Laura's not going to do something Because she's an like Ingles. That. Yeah. yeah. If she was part of our family, she'd be crippling that <laughs> horse, was... making it drink Visine. If this was the other way around, Nellie would sabotage the horse. That horse would be dead. Like the horse yeah. head would be in Laura and Mary's bed <laughs> the next morning. It's a little extreme. Okay, that night, Laura's doing her own chores in the drama barn when Charles comes in. He sees Laura's upset because, quote, some little girls get whatever they want, including a new horse, without doing a lick of work. Paul gives her a speech about being full of determination and spunk. You know, those things that don't help you win anything or get anywhere in life. Well, I just said that Laura, like, Laura, you have such better parents and genes. Like, you're lucky here. You're the lucky one, not Nellie. She'll never see that. Did you appreciate mom and dad and our genes and their parenting when you were 11? No, I just want it like the newest, exactly. like Benetton sweater. <laughs> exactly. I just wanted that pink huffy bike, no matter what. She says Nellie has a thoroughbred with papers and all, and Charles tells her, "So what about the papers? Bunny can't read those papers." Very you good, don't Charles. Know that. Very good. You don't know that. <laughs> and that Bunny <laughs> thinks they can win, so Laura better try. I have a question. Why is Michael Landon's shirt unbuttoned to his waist? I'm here for it. I am here (laughs) for it. Like, it always is. Like, Laura has on, again, like a wool sweater, and Charles has a shirt almost That's okay. I'm all right with it. The next day, Dumbledore gives Laura a lightweight saddle, and he says she really needs to exercise that horse every single day. So, you know what? He just shoes her. He doesn't care. I feel like shooing your someone's horse without their permission feels like a violation. <laughs> like that, right? Later, we see Laura and Bunny flying around a meadow. Cause she's but you missed the up. part where Dumbledore, I don't even know that Dumbledore. name. This is not helping me. <laughs> Dumbledore. He, he's like, thank me by winning, by winning that, by winning the race. So like, you know, he wins the purse, like, or so right. she wins the purse. Like he's, He's betting on this horse, and that is what's driving this motivation. Yes, he wants. It's not his concern and love for Laura. No. no. Next, we see a harvest of friends slash the award esque montage, <laughs> where Laura is lying in bed doing homework, falling asleep, then doing a ton of chores, etc. Like it's just. Watch out, Laura! Don't don't harvest a friends this shit. The next morning, Caroline says she saw Miss Beetle, and Miss Beetle's concerned about Laura's homework. Then, Jenny, they discover Mary did Laura's homework without Laura knowing. And I wrote, Mary's all like, I can't help myself when there's homework to be done. I just have to do it. I can't handle unfinished homework. Could you think of a time when you would ever do my homework without me asking? Hell no. No, you'd be like erasing my homework. I feel like that's another personal violation when someone does your homework without asking you. Mary just can't resist. No, you know what this reminds me of? It reminds me of when we were teenagers. You'd go to school and your room would be a disaster. And you'd go to school and you would come home and you'd open your door and it would be spotless because Graham came over while we were at school and cleaned our entire room. Our grandmother would stop on her way home from work and clean our rooms so that we wouldn't get in trouble. 
<laughs> just because you want it to. And I would be like, oh my God, like this is amazing. But like it got to the point where you're like, what does she find in when she cleans this room? Especially in your room. Jenny's yeah. room was like a cavern of just darkness. Like she even had black furniture. <laughs> I know. I went through some weird years. Okay. On the way to school, Laura thanks her and says, thanks Mary and says, sorry, I got you in Dutch. And I tried to find, I tried to Google this, but kept getting the Dutch translation of I got you in. Okay. <laughs> Cause I would Google, what does I got you in Dutch mean? So well, I, I don't even you. know. Why are we even talking about this? What is that saying me? Why are we even talking about this? It's a, it's a, it's a, a thing, a saying. I want to know. If I were Mary, I would let Laura fail just to teach her a lesson. Would. Later, at the mercantile, Nels and Doc Baker now start gambling on the horse race. Where did Doc Baker get money? I thought he got paid in hams. I thought he was like dirt poor. Yeah, he gets paid in bags of seed, ham, and chicken eggs. Yep. Doc Baker says Laura's horse is in better shape and Laura is 10 pounds lighter than Nellie and she will win. And I wrote... Does Doc Baker now tell the town your weight? Does he just oh, go around and show oh, yeah. your chart? <laughs> he knows that. He knows. Yeah. Yeah. They bet a dollar, and Jenny, Harriet overhears the entire conversation. And my first reaction is, is she going to try to make Nellie lose 10 pounds in a week? Like, Because that's not going to be healthy. No, no. At dinner that night, Harriet announces she will not let Laura win that race. So she weight shames Nellie and announces that <laughs> Willie will ride Sparks in the race because he's at least 15 pounds lighter than Laura because now the entire Olsen family knows Laura's weight. Well, they don't know her weight. They just know that she's 10 pounds lighter than Nellie. Right. So if they know, if they all know Nellie's Presumably weight. Presumably yeah. they know Nellie's weight. Okay. Her mother would know her weight. I know my kid's weight. Sure. Okay. okay. Willie weighs like 25 pounds. Willie is amazing. If I'm burning down the Olsen Mercantile, I'm taking out Nels and Willie. Yeah, yeah, I guess Nels. Back at the Ingles, Laura goes all red pollard and says she can't eat before the race. There's my sea biscuit reference. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Remember, he went like on starvation diets and stuff. Well, and when they panned over to, I don't know if they panned, but when they moved over to Carolyn, I'm like, Carolyn just has this, like, you could tell she's just like, I cannot wait till this race bullshit is over. And then she says that. <laughs> she's like, Yeah. She yells at Laura and tells her her health is more important and to at least eat her vegetables. And then Charles is like, I'm okay with this and takes all the food off her plate. Yep. Yeah. Well, Charles is, you know, he's a strapping guy. He needs to, to fill his tank. All right. At school, Nellie and Willie tell Laura he is the one riding the horse. And Laura is immediately suspicious. And suddenly, for no reason, I just wrote, oh, my God, Willie is going to die. <laughs> I feel like Willie's just going to forget he's racing and, like, just drift off and, like, not pay attention. Like, how is Willie going to race this horse? At this point, I'm just getting worried about Willie, and I feel like he's going to die. <laughs> and why is this? Why are the stakes so high for this friggin' race? Well, that's kind of my point. Like, how did this come down to the Laura <laughs> and Nelly showdown? Well, that's what, it, yeah, I mean, they're the only ones left in the race. And would you let a 12-year-old race a horse? Sure. Like, it could be dangerous if she fall. Like we talked about. <laughs> like it already happened. Like what already happened. Like we talked about, 
we can go down on Elizabeth Taylor slash Young and the Restless oh Nikki Newman okay. situation here if she falls off that horse and hurts her back and has to turn to pills and alcohol. This literally happened in the last episode. Right. The day in the race, Laura, at Dumbledore's instruction, takes Bunny out to loosen her up. Mm-hmm. I guess that's the thing. Whatever. Sure. Stretching, walking around. She comes across Doc Baker, who informs Who is leaving town. Informs her he's going out of town for the day to see her mother for her birthday. And I wrote, oh my God, Willie really is going to die. <laughs> so they have two 12-year-olds on, on horses going 35 miles an hour, and the doctor's going to leave for the day. Willie's going to die. He's just... Like, Willie is going to really die. concerned about him at this point. <laughs> In town, Jen, Nels is looking for Doc Baker and can't find him because Willie is in great danger. He's going to die. (laughs) (laughs) But for different reasons than we expected. Right. Willie woke up with terrible stomach pains. And so Laura is like, I just saw Doc. Okay, here's something weird. I want to talk about this scene for a minute. You see Laura on Bunny in town. We don't know why she's there. She's just there. She's going to put her back in the stable. She's just, But she's just standing in one spot. We sure. see Nels at Doc Baker's, and he's, like, pounding on the door, pounding on the door. She, she was going back into the stables, which is across sure. the street. He's, he's pounding on the door. Laura clearly hears him. She even turns around and looks at him. She doesn't say, I just saw Doc Baker. She waits until he says, Laura, have you seen Doc Baker? I mean, I feel like she has the right instinct here where she's, like, not getting involved in that. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> not getting involved in that. And that was the right instinct. Yeah. That was the right instinct. Yep. All right, so Laura flies like the wind. She sea biscuits it out. Full gallop, full gallop. To Doc Baker and grabs him. Doc Baker, you know, must drive super slow because Laura was able to come back into town, chill out for a while. Full gallop, though. I mean, uh, like that horse is probably going 30 miles an hour. Doc Baker was not going 30 miles an hour. That's true. Doc Baker treats Willie and discovers he ate six candied apples. Willie is my hero. I love him. (laughs) And Nels says Willie can't ride. And then we have a scene with Nels talking to that rando from earlier and Hanson. And apparently, Jen, guess who's in charge of this shit? Hanson. Hanson. Yep, Hanson. Are we surprised that Hanson is in charge of the illegal horse racing racket? Well, and all the all the dudes betting on this, are they see Bunny come back, and they're like, oh, she's tired. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're upset. Oh, no. She's tired. Oh, shit. Is it too late to change our bets? So then we have this scene where, like, Bunny is too tired, and so Laura's going to forfeit, or Nellie's going to forfeit first, and then Laura's going to move the race. They were going to move, they wanted to move the race because Willie was sick. Yes. And then Harriet overheard Laura saying, well, that's good because Bunny's tired. Bunny's tired. So all of a sudden, that's not allowed. Laura always tipping her hand. Always. Always. So now Harriet's like, we're going to have the fucking race and Laura has to forfeit. And Nellie's going to ride. Yep. And, and Laura will forfeit. It's like, I think now Harriet's so obsessed with her kids winning this because the turns out the silver cup she put up is like her grandmother's yeah. or something. And she put it up assuming her kids are going to win, which is insane. Stupid. Like what, what is she doing? Okay. So Charles is talking to Laura and they walk over to the stable and they're like lamenting about the race and she's petting bunny. 
And when they walk out of the stable, Bunny sees Nellie's horse ride by. And guess what, Jen? Bunny perks perks right up. Because Laura's saying, I can't run Bunny again. Because Bunny just ran about two miles. And that's about as far as a horse runs on full gallop before they're, like, fatigued. Yeah. But, like, it's like a nap. What time is this friggin' race? What time did this all start? Like, because it's another hour till the race. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and, and I'm like, just, like, can't Bunny just chill for an hour and, like, be okay? Right. Like, Why does she need to not do this? Yeah. Like, it's not ideal, but I, it's not going to kill again, her. But again, admittingly, I have zero knowledge of horses. But it's also, well, they can, they can run a full gallop for about two miles. So the, the race is two miles. So she could do, like, she was ready. She, but she already did this. So it's like, should she do it again? You know, she's probably not going to want to, but it seems like now she sees this thoroughbred and is like, oh, I'm going to fight this horse. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So it's more about like if she, if she's going to want to do it, because you're, you're dealing with a horse, not a race car. Right. So. At the starting line, Harriet is apologizing to everyone because the race won't be happening. But suddenly Laura rides up on Bunny and Hanson announces she's going to race. Hanson announces the rules and they start the race. It's a two mile stretch. There's people all along the path, like wishing them off, right? Then, Jenny, we see these randos, like halfway through the race, going, Go, Nellie! And I'm like, Somebody's actually fucking cheering for Nellie Olson? I think they bet on her. Oh, man. Because she has a thoroughbred horse. But they're like the markers. Like, so they're like, you know, like they're marking the course. I think Laura should just let Willie die. <laughs> she should have been like, sorry, Nels, haven't seen him. <laughs> what do you died from? Six candied apples? No, no, he had indigestion. <laughs> All right. There is some fancy camera work between the horse's legs. And I wrote, we don't need that. I mean, that's William Claxton. Don't need it, William Claxton. Um, clearly the cameraman was on a horse in front of these people. Because the camera is yeah. bouncing the entire time. Yes. Like, yes. there's no no smooth boom here. This is... No. Yeah. No. Okay. Guess who wins the race, Jen? So, it looks like there's a moment where... Because a trained racehorse, like, they they reserve. And then they win at the last lay, at the last stretch, right? That's what they're trained to do. Because they, they reserve their energy. Unlike Bonnie, who's like... <laughs> <laughs> And it looks like that's what's going to happen, but then Bunny wins. Yeah, Bunny wins. Of course, of course, Bunny wins. Mm-hmm. And everyone congratulates Laura, and all the men are, like, smiling and laughing and collecting their bets. And then Laura <laughs> wins the Silver Cup. The gamblers are a riot. Like, <laughs> this attracted such an element to Walnut Grove. <laughs> Walnut Grove really needs a saloon. I mean, these guys all made bank, and bon- I thought Bunny was going to die. Like, Laura just gets off Bunny, and I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Is Bunny just going to, like, fall over? So then I want to murder everyone when I see this next scene. Okay. Laura brings the silver cup back to Harriet. Jen, she can't accept it because it was Harriet's What's she gonna, mother's. What's she going to do with the silver cup, to be uh, fair? Fucking sell it. I would bring it to school every day and put it on my desk. I would sell the shit out of that. I would take, if I was Paul, I would hop right on my little wagon, get into Mankato and sell that bitch. (laughs) And then I would take the money and just blow it on something stupid. 
Okay, well, I think what they did was better. So I wrote, no, 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 no. Laura, don't do this. Don't do this. Laura's a good person. Nels tells Harriet to give the girls the three pairs of shoes in return for Laura's good gesture. And in the end, the Ingalls girls get their shoes because Laura's horse got her shoes and because Laura worked her ass off for this. (laughs) And that's it. That's the end. This was a long roundabout way to pay for shoes. I didn't love this episode. Did you? (laughs) It was okay. It was okay. I I liked the horse racing in it. That was fun. Mm -hmm. I like more melodrama. Yeah. I thought they should have played up the gambling stuff. (laughs) That would have been more fun. Like, I need to see Paul with the shirt off, falling out of a tree, the drama barn being lit on fire. Reverend Alden dying at Johnny Cash's house. I need that kind of action. Again, we're coming off some dramatic episodes. Yes. The wheelchair. <laughs> the wheelchair. Ugh. Okay, so at the end of every episode, Jenny and I will look back and think about a theme or an idea that stuck with us as children and maybe resonated in our, our lives. Um, and Or we may have found something on the rewatch, and it's designed to answer the phrase or complete the phrase Gen X, this is why. So Jenny, what is your why for this episode? So this is why I think Gen X is always rooting for the underdog. Like it seems to be like a thing that we have and it's very prevalent in a lot of our movies. Like Daniel LaRusso is a perfect example from Karate Kid. We kind of always are hoping for the under, like Bunny, Laura, clear underdog. Yeah. And I feel like the Ingles are always the underdogs. They always are. Yeah. They're always like fighting against the society that's keeping them down. Yep. (laughs) That is true. I root for the underdog all the time. All right, Jenny, I'm not proud of my why. And some people might take offense to it, but here here it is. I think this is why I always disliked wealthy people and just had a general disdain for upper crust. You know, I I think that's fair because that's the portrayal here is like, they're stingy. They're self-serving. Like that—that's not everyone. Every wealthy person you see come through Walnut Grove. Like there are some. Like you know, there are some that are generous and normal. Sure, like people. the Widow Thurman. Yeah, but there's like this is the vibe you get from the Olsons yeah. for sure. I wrote the Olsons are just intolerable, and they make the Ingles feel like shit every single chance they get. And I well, I have a similar reaction to it, but I think I relate the Olsons to capitalism. Mm. Like yeah. it's like the capitalist thing and it's like I, I look at it more general it's interesting that they make Harriet yeah the evil one but you know what like does Nels actually come from money Harriet does but I, I don't, don't think Nels, Nels does. does it's interesting that they have vilified the woman yeah and not Nels like Nels is this sweet guy and you well, know same thing with the same thing with Nellie versus Willie yeah yeah like Willie you know he's kind of a brat but he's you know, he just is a follower mostly. Like he's not right terrible. Right. Nellie like, is Nellie's diabolical. She's diabolical. And you know, I said a couple episodes ago that this is why our generation, as parents, fight so hard against bullying. I I see that all the time in these episodes. I'm yeah. like, oh, it just it presses a button in me mm-hmm. somewhere. But this also presses a button in me where I don't like rich people. <laughs> <laughs> well Listen, if you're out there and you're listening and you're a fucking wealthy rich person like you have a ton of money send me some maybe i'll change my mind <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's 
Like I see it more as it's not just that they're rich. It's that they run this store and that creates a certain dynamic because they have things that people need. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it's, it's a different dynamic than just like the widow Thurman or like some of these other yeah. rich people who have up. They have, they have a control and they have a hold over people because they have the things that they need. They do. Even though obviously that has been tempered in my life and I, I understand not all rich people are evil. I still have a little piece of me that is, you know, it shapes or colors my worldview a little bit. Can you think of other shows when we were kids where there were mean rich people? Mimi's come at us if you could think There's of a be. show where the rich people were mean. How about Richie Rich, the cartoon? They were okay. Yeah. But there was this, like, now that I think about it, the idea of being rich was in a lot of shows when we were kids. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, that, that whole through the 80s was like, that was when Wall Street, like really yeah. started with all that crazy shit. And like people just dump money into the stock market. Like, yeah, like get rich. Do we see that, that was now, a big though? theme. Do we see that now? I don't think you do. Not as much, I don't think. Like, I'm trying to think of the shows that my kids watched growing up. And one oh, of the Dukes of Hazard. There's mean rich people yes, there. there is. That show has a lot of problems. <laughs> I mean... Yeah. I'm trying to think of the shows that my kids kind of watched when they were growing up. And there was one that had to deal with wealth and that was, it was called Jesse. And they were like the rich people and Jesse was their nanny. Oh, I don't know that one. There's definitely, there's definitely rich people. Like, I think it's, it's more hidden now. Like yeah. if you watch Big Little Lies, is that that one that's out in yeah. Monterey, California? Like, those people are fucking rich. Don't be fooled. They are filthy rich. You see where they live. Yeah. Yeah. Reese Witherspoon's house is probably $20 million. (laughs) But it comes off as, like, that's everyday normal. Like, it, you know what I mean? Like, it's not, I don't know. It's not as sensationalized, I guess. It's more normalized. But, like, Laura Dern is, that place is, oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tens of millions of dollars easily. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. But there's no... Oh, yes, there is a poor person in that show. Yeah, there's a single mom. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, But it's all kind of blended together. And you don't... It's it's not so... I don't know. It's not so... They... I guess they co-mingle more. Like, it's... They're friends. They're all friends. We're like the Olsons were adversaries with everyone. Jenny, why don't you tell everybody what we're doing next? So I don't even know if you know. Oh, I don't know anything. So we're going to do the next episode, episode four. Oh, boy. Okay. Frustrated that, it's called Little Girl Lost. Frustrated that Carrie has insisted on tagging along for a school assignment, Mary and Laura fail to keep a close eye on her. They live to regret this when the little girl wanders off and falls into a mine shaft. (gasps) I thought it was the hot air balloon. Nope. She falls into a mine shaft. Yeah, so much shit has happened to Carrie. We are going to have to really struggle with the ethical question of, do you just walk away and pretend you don't see anything? <laughs> <laughs> Why do I feel like if I fell down a mine shaft, you would kind of pause before you went to get mom and dad? I don't have, I haven't seen her dad. <laughs> <laughs> she went that way. They would hear you crying, of course. Of course they would. <laughs> All right, so um, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening. If you enjoy what you hear, please consider leaving a five-star review on Apple iTunes. Every review helps new listeners find us and helps us find new listeners. 
You can connect with Jenny and me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at GenXThisIsWhy. Letter X, spell out the Y. We also have a Facebook group called the Mimi Bees, M-E-M-E-B. The link is on our Facebook page. Thanks for listening and see you soon. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.